Don't mourn. Be happy. Don't try to hide your identity. Try to express it in your own way. This is Alopecia Life with your host, Deanne Graham. You'll hear interviews with specialists in their field and parents who are helping their child move through life while living with alopecia areata, along with conversations with alopecia rock stars who are making a difference. Alopecia Life is here to provide you with support, accurate information, inspiring stories, and life hacks to help you navigate the world of hair loss. Whether you've just been diagnosed or have had it for ages, Alopecia Life has been created to share all the information you may want or need to do alopecia your way. Thank you for listening to episode 35 of Alopecia Life. This is a super special episode. It's the last one for season one, and it's also the first one for Alopecia Awareness Month. Today's topic comes up often and is one of the biggest concerns that surfaces every year. Transitions to school. Starting school for the first time, moving up from one school to another while living with alopecia, and how parents would like those transitions to go. We are also in the midst of a global pandemic. No matter where you are in the world, this is a huge deal. One prevailing thing remains to be true, our kids will most likely be back at school one day soon, and we want that to be the best experience it can be for them. Today's guests are nine-year-old Ona and her mom, Skye. The interview actually happened back in April when we were all in the early stages of quarantine. There is still a lot of uncertainty about when things will return to a semblance of what it used to be. Today, Sky and Ona share some insight on what has helped them along the way for school and activities outside of school. And Sky offers an open discussion about her experience as a physician's assistant and how that guided some of their decisions. Ona, thank you so much for joining us today on Alopecia Life. You're welcome. Great answer. So you and I today, we're going to talk about educating elementary age kids and actually all kids, all adults. You and I are going to talk about your experience with alopecia and we're just going to get some basics down and we're going to share it with teachers and students alike. Let's just start in and find out how old are you? I am nine years old. You're nine years old. And what grade are you in? Fourth. And right now we're taking a hiatus from school, all of us with what's going on in the world. But it looked like you had a really great school year. The start especially went off great. Your teacher and some of your classmates joined in and you did a video, kind of an education piece, and you were sitting there answering questions that your classmates had for you. How was that and how, who came up with that idea? The counselor did and I really liked it. It was fun. Yeah. Did you feel like people were more understanding after they watched it? Maybe. Do you feel like a lot of people already knew? I feel like my friends knew and the people in my grade did, but I feel like a lot of other people started to understand after the video. So when were you diagnosed? When I was like three. Mm -hmm. And you got a pretty bad virus, right? You had a pretty bad sickness right before you. Yeah. I I had this like, it was like this very bad cough. And then we were visiting family and I had to go to the hospital because of it. You were pretty young at the time. Do you remember hearing how fast your hair started falling out after you were sick? No. So we don't really know how long it took. Did you know anyone else with alopecia at the time? I don't think so. No. 
And what's your definition of alopecia? My definition is that you are more immune to sicknesses, but since you're a lot more immune, your hair falls out, I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't know. (laughs) So, and I, I do know that, you know, but I kind of put you on the spot there. So when we talk about autoimmunity, right, that's a word that you are a little familiar with. We talk about how our hair follicles are, our body's like, oh, our hair follicles are not good for us. So our body attacks it and makes our hair fall out. Yes. Is that kind of a good definition of it? Yes. How does alopecia make you feel inside? Mentally or physically? Mentally. Happy. Has it always been that way? Sometimes when like people stare, I guess. I feel a little sad, Mm -hmm. but usually I feel really happy about my alopecia. And why is that? How do you, why are you feeling happy about it? Because I'm a lot more unique and I don't get sick a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is a, a different way of looking, right? And so so it draws attention in different ways, right? In school or mm-hmm. when you go to the store and, and that can be good, but oftentimes initially, you know, there's concerns, right? What are some questions that you have gotten when you're out publicly? Do you have cancer? Why don't you have hair? Questions like that. Mm-hmm. And do you have answers readily available or do you ignore people? What's your method? I, I answer them. I educate them, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you think that's a great way to, to kind of just get more people to have an understanding of what's going on? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like when you did your interview with your classmates, were they going home and talking with their parents about alopecia? Actually, I remember that I think they had to tell their parents maybe. You know, it's always nice to be able to just share information, right? And Mm -hmm. to say, this is what I learned at school today. I think it's easier for everyone. You know, the more people that know, they're not going to come up to us and ask what's going on. Why are we bald? Are we sick, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What else do you want to share? What are your thoughts about, what do you think more people can know about alopecia? That we're just like you and we don't get sick often. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, there's a feeling of loneliness that I know that you mentioned in the video. Did you feel like you were alone? Sometimes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes in the beginning too, we feel that way. I mean, I know you've had the opportunity of meeting a lot of different people now too who have alopecia and and you know that you're not alone. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So thinking about people who are experiencing what we're going through, do you know how many people may develop alopecia in their lifetime? No, No. I don't. So it's considered to be 2% of the population, which is right now at 147 million people. Wow. I know. That's a big number, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And when we think about being alone, we think, okay, I'm the only person who's going through this. But when we think about that big number, 147 million people, and they're all over the world, what does that make you feel? I'm not alone. There's other people going through what I'm going through, and everybody deals with it in their own way. Some people 
look at the positive things. Some people look at the negative. And I hope that I hope that more people look at the positive things than the negative things. Mm-hmm. Tell me about who you are without anything that has to do with alopecia. What are your your things that you enjoy doing? I like doing art. I like to do, I like to bike. I like to play outside. I like to be with my friends. I like math. I like reading. I like listening to audiobooks. I like cats. Do you have a cat? No. My no. dad's allergic. Oh, dang. What else? What do you think would be really helpful information for people who are looking for information about alopecia and maybe people who are just being diagnosed, some kids or adults? Don't mourn. Be happy. Don't try to hide your identity. Try to express it in your own way. What do you think that looks like for express in your own way for you? How does that look? Henna, putting jewels on my head, baseball caps, just um. wearing my just my bald head. You have found ways to express yourself and that's really clear. I can hear in the way that you you talk and the way that you express yourself. Again, we're using those words that your confidence is really high with having alopecia. Are there any other words of advice? Be happy about, well, is the glass half full or half empty? So do you feel like like people initially might look at their cup half empty and then it may switch to be half full? For a lot of people who are new to alopecia, it takes a long time for them to look at at alopecia half full. What do you think are some steps? I mean, because I think that, you know, when we talk about let's be happy, let's look at the, the glass half full, there's some steps that we take, right, to get to where we need to be or where we, we'd like to be. Yeah. Yeah. And do you feel like you have some recommendations for steps to take? Try doing henna or getting jewels and putting them on your head. Get a flashlight. Get Put jewels all over your head and turn off the lights and then have somebody shine the flashlight on your head and then turn around. That Disco sounds ball. fun. So did we talk about this earlier where sometimes people think that they can catch alopecia from us? I don't think we did. Okay. Did you Have you ever encountered something like that where people wonder, say, hey, is this contagious? I've never had a question like that, but I feel like some people might think it. When we talk about autoimmune disease and we talk about alopecia, we talk about also the fact that it definitely is not a catchable thing. You're not going to catch it from the playground or anything like that. So I think that's really important to say too, because like you said, even though people don't say it, they may be wondering. So I think it's good to kind of have that out in the air. Were you getting questions afterward, after your video that you put up that might be... I don't remember any questions. That's good. You got all those letters. You want to talk about the letters you got? Mm-hmm. After the video, I got a whole bunch of letters from a, another class in my grade. What did they say? They were like, thank you for educating me. And it was a while, it was a while, it was a while ago. ago. They were thanking yeah. you for teaching them that it's okay to be different. Mm-hmm. And they felt really good that they were different. 
and they felt better about their differences and they felt kind of empowered by you being so proud of your differences and they felt good about them having differences too. I think that's an incredible message to be able to share with other people. Don't you, Ona? Yeah. Yeah. That you just kind of invited that in and gave other people permission to express how different they felt and how unique that is. And it's okay to feel and look different. So that's awesome. Nice work. Right on. Thanks, Ona. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. Sky, welcome to Alopecia Life. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it is a pleasure. We spoke with Ona and we're doing an education piece because she does such a great job about talking about her alopecia and mm-hmm. sharing about uniqueness. And mm-hmm. I think a big reflection comes from you and your husband and the way that you have handled it. Obviously, when she's using words like unique, I'm curious what your thoughts were when she was diagnosed with alopecia. We were relieved actually. I'm a PA, so I have a big medical background and I was just worried that it was something more insidious. And I was actually hoping that it was just alopecia and not like some weird autoimmune congenital hypothyroidism or some type of weird cancer or, you know, I was just really going to the dark places, the terminal illnesses. And then when we got the diagnosis and all the labs were normal, I was just so relieved. We were both just so relieved. And she was really little. She was three, had a baby brother. And I think her hair fully came out by the time she started kindergarten. We were a little nervous about her starting kindergarten because it was a new school. We didn't know anybody there. She didn't know anybody there. Um, so we just all decided to shave our heads and <laughs> and start <laughs> kindergarten together as the bald family. And she had henna her first day of kindergarten. It was, I'd say, a trial run of henna. We didn't really know what we were doing, but it was really pretty and it made her feel really comfortable and confident. And it was really good for us to have our heads shaved too, to kind of educate the community and her class and her teachers and the school about what alopecia is. And so kind of just like, you know, having all those questions answered up front. Mm-hmm. And then the school that she goes to is really very, very diverse. And so they really focus on cultural differences, physical differences, socioeconomic differences. Everybody has something different about them, whether you can see it or not. Mm-hmm. And it's just been a lovely environment for all of us. We love our school community and we're really sad that we can't go there right now. But I think it's just been the celebration of being unique and having something to celebrate. Do you feel like that was immediate for you guys? Or was there this period of time where you're kind of like, okay, what are we going to do about this? And are we going to treat this? And are we going to do X, Y, Z? Or was it pretty quick when you guys had come to a decision on how you were going to handle it? I mean, it's all a learning curve. I think we were a little unique because I knew a lot of the treatments and I knew a lot of the outcomes. Mm -hmm. And I knew that a lot of the treatments were worse than the outcomes promised. They were riskier and harmful and painful. And so we just pretty much decided pretty quickly that we wouldn't pursue any treatments because the data didn't suggest that it would be really helpful or could it promise that it would do anything. We pretty quickly, as far as like, medical treatments or dietary treatments or this or that decided that she's happy and healthy 
And we really just kind of wanted to follow her lead on it and really, really just focus more on the social aspect of it than anything else. Because her hair initially was like falling out and then growing back and falling out and growing back. And she had some really fun like mohawk patterns that were growing back. And so Mm -hmm. we were, we had a really fun mohawk time, Mm -hmm. but it was the thing we were most anxious about was bullying in a new school mm-hmm. and what that would look like. And I think that was, that was probably the, the biggest thing we were, we were nervous about is how other kids would react and how they would treat her, how that would kind of shape her through life. Mm-hmm. And we were really nervous about that pretty early on. I would say there was a time at the park, we went to the park in the summer before um, she was starting kindergarten. She had totalis first. And so she had had no hair for about maybe six months or so, maybe less. And the preschool teacher was not accepting. It was an all white preschool, all, you know, people who could afford to have one parent at preschool all the time. Everybody was kind of the same. And so we weren't having a great experience there. And so we were getting really nervous. But we were at the park one day and Ona is the opposite of a wallflower. Uh, mm-hmm. She always has been. She was just bouncing around the park, running around. And there was a big group of kids, older kids, like elementary to maybe even middle school kids playing tetherball. And she just bounces right up and stands in line. And I'm just like, okay, here we go. Here's a whole bunch of kids that mm-hmm. she's just meeting for the first time. And And they're like, oh, hi, who are you? How are you? She's like, can I play too? You know, I just want to play. And they were just like, oh, yeah, great. Okay. And they just let her play, had her, you know, come in and taught her how to play. And one of the boys came over to me and they were being just so nice to her and so happy to have her play. And one of the boys came over to me and he said, are you her mom? And I was like, yes, I'm her mom. And he says, she is the most beautiful thing I have ever seen in my life. I just started crying, (laughs) just like, oh, never in my wildest dreams had I thought that the opposite would happen. Mm -hmm. And kids were asking her, you know, well, how come you don't have any, any hair? And she said, oh, it all fell out. And they were like, oh my gosh, you're so lucky. I hate going to the barber. I hate combing my hair. I wish I didn't have any hair. And that was just kind of like our introduction as a family into what it would be like for her. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of just for the most part been like that. We've been really, really lucky. I know a lot of people are not so lucky, but our community Mm -hmm. has just been really great and embracing. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. That is very uncommon, I would say, but it does speak to how confident she is and how she walks in it. And Mm -hmm. had she behave differently, mm-hmm. then then maybe it would have been a different experience, right? Because yeah. the reflection around us of how we perceive ourselves is often, you know, we look out and people look back and say, what's going on with her? Is she sick? Mm-hmm. Is she this? And they mm-hmm. just had the opposite reaction because she was just so out there with it all. It was, that's awesome. Yeah. I kind of teared up when you were talking about it because I thought, wow, that's, I wish everybody could have that experience initially. Right. I, I mean, because you get that, sometimes you get that later, right? When you, you gain the confidence and that happens, but rarely initially like that. So yeah, that's special. Yeah. yeah I will say, I guess now that I'm thinking about it, because it's been so long, I mean, that was six years ago when she was first losing her hair and she was in preschool, we were just toying around with the idea of wigs. Actually, my mom came down and shaved her head first and had henna on her head and, and Ona had no idea why she did that. She's like, why are you bald? <laughs> She's like, because you're losing your hair. 
and you'll probably be bald. And she's like, huh, that's you're weird, grandma. <laughs> okay. And then she just wasn't really aware of it. And then we went to a costume shop. She had mentioned she wanted to try a couple wigs on. And so we were just trying costume wigs on. And she found this little blonde bob, which is what her hair was before it fell out. And she tried it on and she just looked in the mirror and she just started crying. And I was like, oh, what's this? She was crying because she was sad that she didn't have her hair anymore because she really loved her hair. That was the first time and probably one of the few times that she's ever been really mourning or grieving about it. Mm -hmm. But then, yeah. And then later, fast forward to later the summer at the park and, Mm -hmm. you know, she's really just been more like on that end of things. We're just really excited to meet people really. And doesn't really, she's just another one of the kids. It's not really a thing. Yeah. That's great. Love that. Yeah. I think I'm going to use this at the beginning of the school year and hopefully we will have a beginning of a school year where we'll be back in session at school. So do you have some recommendations on how people can get their kids into school? There's always that fear. Like you had that fear when she was starting kindergarten. And I mean, there's all these pivotal points, right? We've had a back to school episode before, but I'd like to hear maybe from, from your standpoint on what great methods there are to kind of just jump in there and share with your school community right away. I mean, you you talked about what worked for you. Is there anything else? I mean, the more I've been around parents of kiddos who have alopecia, the more I realize our family's journey on this has been very special and very unique and not everybody's journey. I think a lot of parents go through a grieving process that's a lot longer than ours was. You know, that's just something that I think everybody has to go through. I don't know that there's anything that I can say that can help make that go faster. Our only thing is that the sooner we change from a mindset of fixing it, seeing alopecia as a disease that needed to be fixed, from that to acceptance and education and on the occasional time where we have to be more advocates, that was really helpful and whatever that means for you. Certainly the biggest thing that needed to happen at Ona's school was we needed to tell the teachers, tell a principal, the school counselor, her school counselor has been amazing because there's different stages of this too. You know, like this Mm -hmm. year was the first year that Ona was starting to be like, "Eh, I'm kind of sick of the stairs. She started hanging out with her counselor a lot and talking about, well, what do you want to do about that? How do we want to handle that? And it's okay to feel sad and it's okay to feel frustrated and it's also okay to celebrate your differences. So whatever that looks like for you as far as going into school, some kids like Ona really have no problem telling all of her classmates what alopecia is and what it means and why you don't need to be afraid of it and why she's just another kid, just one that looks different than everybody else, just like everybody else looks different. Just getting the school resources and teaching them. And then mostly the biggest thing that we've done that was the most helpful for us was following her lead and kind of letting her guide us through it. I was of the four of us, probably the most like, oh my gosh, this is going to be hard and sad. And and then once my husband was like, it's going to be fine. Look at her. She's fine. She's happy. She's healthy. She's super excited about everything. 
just follow her lead. And once I was able to just let go of myself and just follow her lead, it was fine. Everything mm-hmm. has been, you know, a lot easier than if I had just been really sad about it all the time. Mm-hmm. I think I can see that. I can clearly see that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that's always my recommendation. Follow the lead of your child. And, you know, there is the other spectrum of that too, though, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, what if you have a child who wants to hide it, not talk about it? Totally. And, and so there's that piece of it too. And that's a tough place to be in. Really? That's a tough one. If Ona were a very introverted child, it would have been a different story. But at the same time, I still would have wanted to follow her lead. Mm-hmm. If she wants to wear wigs, she wants to wear wigs. And the other thing that was really helpful was finding other kids who have alopecia yes. so that they can share stories together and be like, oh, most of the time when they're really little, they don't talk about their alopecia. They mm-hmm. talk about their what they're playing. Mm-hmm. Do you like stickers? I like stickers. <laughs> Do you like jump ropes? I really like jump ropes. Finding commonalities. And then when they're older, then it's more depth and breadth to the conversation. But that's, I think, just has to do with ages and stages. Mm-hmm. But finding their community of other, I guess, like-minded alopecians, that's been really helpful for Ona, I think, too. Yeah. So when you talked about advocating, strongly advocating, what were you talking about there? Everybody has their own version of what that means. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely more just about educating the staff and the students and then seeing where that goes. When Ona started kindergarten, we wrote a letter to her teacher and the principal And then the principal read the letter at their first staff meeting. And then staff members would come up and ask questions later. Because most people are just, they're very curious, but they just don't know. And they're mostly incredibly relieved when they find out that it's not cancer. And coaches, any new team that Ona's been on, we've had to say, you know, get the spiel to the coaches. It's alopecia. It's not cancer. She's perfectly healthy. You know, push her just like any other Mm -hmm. teammate. Don't treat her any differently. If kids ask, here's what we say. Feel free to say the thing too, because Ona gets sick of saying the same thing over and over again, but that's mm-hmm. fine. <laughs> so really our advocacy just looks more like lots and lots of conversations. And then this year was the year that Ona and her counselor came up with the idea of that interview and that video to show to the entire school. Mm-hmm. And again, that was all Ona's idea. The counselor just, you know, kind of helped create it. And then Ona led the way. Yeah. I mean, just kind of following their lead. What does that mean? What, how do you want to tell people about your alopecia? Do you want to tell people? I've heard of some families where the kids don't even want to tell people or tell their teachers, but I think it is really important to at least tell the teachers and the staff Mm -hmm. so that they can kind of help navigate it for the kiddo on some level. Yeah. And that may look like them just knowing mm. and, and continuing to push them academically or physically or whatever, you know, yeah. out, PE, but it doesn't necessarily mean even discussing it. It eventually turns into something though, where sure. they know that they are free to talk to them should that come up yeah. and think that that's a safe place to, to be. Yeah. Right. Creating safe places for them. Mm-hmm. Places so, where they feel comfortable. Yeah. So what resources were you talking about when you said providing resources for the staff? Well, there's not really a whole heck of a lot. NAF has some good resources, although I did find some of their stuff was quite on the negative, the glasses half empty sort of spectrum, which we didn't really quite agree with. It was mostly like how to cope with 
childhood depression about alopecia was kind of the flavor that I was getting off of it. And that wasn't really what we wanted the staff to be educated about, right? you know, because that colors it in a way that Ona wasn't experiencing. Right. And she was experiencing it as, look at my sweet bald head, you know, (laughs) and no, it's not cancer. Don't ask me anymore. Don't point. That's rude. Don't point to that kid either though. That's rude. (laughs) So really it was just educating ourselves and getting information about the medical side of it, the social side of it, what other people experience, meeting other kids with alopecia. I think really the video that Ona and her counselor created was the best resource that we created. The resources that I found online were not in line with how we were feeling about it and how she was feeling about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that just having kids and parents or educators watch the video is it's quick, it's simple, it's to the point and yeah. also also very sweet. So I think yeah. that if we can help use that as an education piece, then that would just be fantastic. And I'm going to definitely link to the video when I release this episode too and for folks to listen to and watch. So yeah. yeah. So is there anything else you would like to add before we sign off today? I guess I would also say I've met a lot of families who are earlier on in their journey of alopecia as far, I mean, speaking from a mom to other, you know, other parents of kiddos who have just lost their hair and it takes them a long time to be more to the like accepting stage of things. I just want to reiterate that that's okay. Everybody's on their own journey. I don't want people to like compare themselves to other people and feel like, oh my gosh, I'm doing this wrong because there's just no manual for this and that whatever you're feeling is fine. I don't know. It's hard and it's challenging, but it also can be really lovely and beautiful. That's awesome advice. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just want to thank you, Sky, for being here with us today and for sharing all your fantastic insight with us. Yeah. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. The video of Ona and her classmates interviewing will be in the show notes. Feel free to comment over at the Alopecia Live Facebook group to interact with Sky and Ona. Thanks again for listening throughout this past year, and we'll catch you next time in Season 2. Thank you for listening. Join our Alopecia Life Facebook group and find out more information at headonlifecoaching.com. The information on this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment and is meant for general information purposes only. If you're enjoying these episodes and finding the tips helpful, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to and download podcasts.